August 18, 2010, Newsweek exposes the cruelty behind breeding white tigers. And this is a story apparently that I was telling the volunteers at one of the volunteer meetings. I've been working in the area behind Nirvana Ocelot for the past several days and have had the pleasure of hearing tour guides talking about the white tiger issue. I have heard the amazement in the voices of the guests as they learned that everything they knew about white tigers was wrong. I have heard guests try to argue the facts or ignore the new information by proclaiming that they still think white tigers are beautiful. It has given me a new appreciation for what all of you go through when giving tours. It especially impresses me that some of you, who are still so new to the knowledge yourselves, manage to be firm in your presentations while still being kind to the guests. This week, a 30-year-old secret was exposed in Newsweek, the second largest weekly magazine in America. Sharon Beach exposed it in Britannica Online Encyclopedia in March of this year. It is the same secret that Big Cat Rescue exposed 11 years ago as the first organization to go public with the truth about the white tiger. What I knew in 1998 was that people could sell a white tiger cub for $60,000 and just about all of the breeders and dealers and zoos were out to breed them. I had been to facilities such as the one where Shere Khan was born, that was Dennis Hill in Flat Rock, Indiana, and where Modnik, TJ, and Bella came from, that was Robert Bowdy of Savage Kingdom in Center Hill, Florida, and where Aurora had come from, Predators Plus, also in Florida. What I saw haunted me because I saw many tigers who had horrible deformities teeth going in all directions, eyes out on their nose, clubbed feet, and lame hips. These birth defects were primarily in the white tigers, but some of their golden litter mates were affected as well. I started asking about who the tiger's parents were, who their siblings were, and discovered that people were inbreeding these cats. They never used that word, but rather would say, line breeding or selective breeding, or they would make outrageous claims about how they had created a line of white tigers by choosing the best pairings. In 1998, there were only 200 white tigers worldwide, with Siegfried and Roy promoting white tigers as being royal white Bengal tigers, the breeders scurried to meet demand, especially complicit were the Cincinnati Zoo and the Nashville Zoo, who knew that the origins of the white tigers only came from severe inbreeding. It was common knowledge to breeders that there was an 80% mortality rate. They should have put an end to it right then and there, but white tigers were a novelty and people would pay to see them. The accredited zoos, who actually keep pedigrees on their tigers, knew that inbreeding was the only way to increase their probability of getting that money-making white cub. In 1998, I still thought that most breeders and dealers out there were just ignorant. I was a member of AZA and had been attending their conferences and meeting their cat experts to find out what they thought to be best practices. I thought that if the private sector knew better, they would behave better. So I spent a lot of time writing articles for their club, 
called the Feline Conservation Federation, formerly known as the Long Island Ocelot Club. I was part of their listserv and participated in discussions about exotic cat husbandry in the hopes of helping their cats have better lives. We had only had the internet for a couple of years and were still trying to find ways to use it to band all exotic cat owners together for a comprehensive repository of infection. <laughs> I can't say this. We only had the internet for a couple of years and were still trying to use it to band all exotic cat owners together for a comprehensive repository of information on best practices. Our own website had only been up for two years and I was using it as a way of making all of the lessons we had learned available for everyone else. I figured the reason all of the breeders had so many defective tigers was because they didn't know they were all so inbred and they were just making it worse by not keeping records. I proposed all of what I knew about white tigers on our website and suggested that we create a registry of all of the cats in the private sector, along with microchipping, to make sure that no more cats suffered from such terrible birth defects. I quickly learned that the people making money off of white tigers knew what they were doing and ignored the agony they were inflicting. About a year later, a veterinarian wrote to me after finding our white tiger page on the internet. So this would have been like 1999. He said that we were the only people telling the truth and that he had the full story because he had been the veterinarian for the Las Vegas duo for many years, as well as the vet for several large zoos. He had worked with 250 tigers. He spent 20 years documenting the origins and malpractice involved in breeding white tigers and that had never found a way to make his findings publicly known. The zoos didn't want anyone to know. Dr. Dan Laughlin and I spent hours on the phone poring over documents he had sent me to convince me of his credentials and his findings. We launched his letter on our website, which culminated in his statement, and I quote, every white tiger in the U.S. is not only the result of repeated inbreeding of genetically defective animals, but even worse is a hybrid or crossbred animal. Thus, anyone involved in breeding and or exhibiting white tigers is doing a great disservice to honest conservation and preservation efforts to save the five remaining and endangered subspecies of tigers barely clinging to survival." End quote. We also quoted Ron Tilson, the head of the Tiger Species Survival Plan, who said, quote, the white tiger controversy among zoos is a small part ethics and a large part economics. The Tiger Species Survival Plan has condemned breeding white tigers because of their mixed ancestry, most have been hybridized with other subspecies, and are of unknown lineage, and because they serve no conservation purpose." End quote. Oh, quoting him still again. However, there is an unspoken issue that shames the very integrity of zoos, their alleged conservation programs, and their message to the visiting public. To produce white tigers or any other phenotypic, phenotypic curiosity, directors of zoos and other facilities must continuously inbreed father to daughter and father to granddaughter and so on. At issue is a contradiction of fundamental genetic principles upon which all species survival plans 
for endangered species in captivity are based. White tigers are an aberration, artificially bred and pro proliferated by some zoos, private breeders, and a few circuses who do so for economic rather than conservation purposes. Or let me get that right. White tigers are an aberration, artificially bred and proliferated by some zoos, private breeders, and a few circuses who do so for economic rather than conservation reasons." End quote. Our tour guides began sharing this information with our visitors. We began writing letters to USDA state wildlife agencies and to the media to raise awareness about the horrific practice of inbreeding to get white tigers. Did not make us popular. <laughs> The breeders, dealers, zoos, and circus acts who were profiting from white tigers saw us as public enemy number one. There was no way they could prove the outrageous stories they were promoting about how these cats came from hidden islands or were the product of their animal husbandry genius. If anyone looked beyond the image in front of them, they would find out the truth, and that would mean and that would mean the end of their profits. White tiger sales began to plummet, both from the overabundance of animals born and because people were becoming more aware of the inbreeding. I have seen white tiger cubs selling for as little as $1,000. I have lost track of the number of adults who were offered to us for free, and sometimes people even offering to pay us to take them so they could make space for more cubs. We never did that, by the way. The people who went from making $60,000 for a white cub to only $1,000 for a white cub have no excuse for what they do. The only thing they can do is to try and discredit us. That is why they are always attacking us, and me in particular. I feel for you guys because it can be scary to have people say such horrible things about you or Big Cat Rescue if you speak out in a public forum. Someone asked me recently if the woman who has the Rexano site has a full-time person dedicated only to tracking my postings so that they can go there and talk all kinds of trash about me. That's, um, what is her name? Susanna Kukal. Little do they realize that it just makes them look stupid and is actually helping us show the world what kind of person would breed white tigers. Thanks to the pressure that big cat rescuers have kept on them, the ACA came out with a policy statement against breeding white tigers fairly recently, even though they do not enforce it strongly. It is so exciting to me to see that we have persevered through more than a decade of trying to get the world to see that breeding white tigers, especially, is cruel and unconscionable. To see Britannica and Newsweek running stories that tell the truth is a huge win. This was the headline caption for the Newsweek story this past week. Bred for profit, the animals are often cruelly deformed by inbreeding. The only reason this is happening is because of you. No one else was willing to take on the Goliath of zoos, circuses, and Las Vegas, where Rexano is based. The day is coming when no more tigers will be purposely inbred to create a freak for the paying public. That day is coming because big cat rescuers won't give up until it does. Now this, this Newsweek article that I was able to find when I 
Googled the phrase that I had saved here, which was bred for profit. The animals are often cruelly deformed by inbreeding. When I typed that into Google, I found a July 28, 2010 story called Inside America's Tiger Breeding Farms. So unless that quote shows up here again, maybe they had two stories. And this one was by Ravi Samaya, and it says, Almost all of America's 7,000 tigers are born and raised here. Reports from tiger farms suggest there are many unscrupulous breeders and activists allege that the trade is cruel. What is clear is that tigers are often kept in small pens, people die when safety is lax, and the cats are hideously inbred to produce valuable white cubs. The trade is not illegal, though a recent law bans the sale or trade of big cats across state lines for the pet trade but breeders exploit a patchwork of state-by-state rules. They were talking about the Captive Wildlife Safety Act that passed in 2003. But breeders exploit a patchwork of state-by-state rules and loopholes to continue to sell cubs. People who rescue unwanted or mistreated tigers estimate that the number of breeders might be in the hundreds. Several alleged traders contacted by Newsweek refused to be interviewed, perhaps because in very recent years, many operations have been shut down by authorities. One of our biggest, Savage Kingdom in Florida, was closed by the Department of Agriculture in 2006. Several accidents had occurred there. In 2001, a handyman named Vince Lowe, Vincent Lowe went into a cage to repair a dangerously worn down gate. Colleagues had to watch as a 318-pound tiger, Tijik, ripped out his throat, according to the USDA report. They could not rescue him for fear of being attacked themselves. The tiger was eventually shot by Savage Kingdom's octogenarian owner, Robert Bowdy, who has been in the tiger trade for many decades. He'd even been on the Ed Sullivan show promoting his animals. You know, when I think back to animals on late night shows, I I had forgotten all about the Ed Sullivan show. It went even further back. He was, this is quote, quote, he was from an era before animal welfare, says Jamie Veronica, who is with the charity Big Cat Rescue and went into the fur. He was, let me get this right. He was from an era before animal welfare, says Jamie Veronica, who is with the charity Big Cat Rescue and went into the farm after it was closed to try to remove and resettle dozens of tigers. All were eventually moved to safety. When he started out, this is another uh, quote, quote, when he started out, people just saw animals as a commodity, a way to make money, unquote. That was all by my sweet daughter, Jamie Veronica, in 2010, speaking up for the animals. Oh, love her. The USDA report blamed Bowdy for safety failures that led to Lowe's death. He could not be reached for comment at a number listed for him. Bowdy specialized in white tigers, which sell for up to $20,000 per cub. But white tigers are rare genetic mutations, not a different species. According to the San Diego Zoo, every American white tiger is descended from a single father. New cubs must be inbred further. For every healthy, valuable cub, it is thought that many are born with ailments like shortened tendons, club foot, kidney problems, malformed backbones, contorted necks, and twisted faces. Emily McCormick, 
a zoologist at Turpentine Creek, a refuge in Arkansas that rescues unwanted or abused big cats, has taken in several deformed cubs. People don't want to see these tigers because they don't look perfect, she says. Who's to say how many have been born with deformities that have been killed instead of rescued? Activists also campaign against so-called white tiger conservation programs whose very description, says McCormick, are misleading. They will never be returned to the wild. They don't really exist in the wild. Siegfried and Roy, the illusionist duo, are famous for their white tigers. They claim on their website that they have 38. For more than 20 years, they say, we have been entrusted with the care and preservation of the royal white tigers. Oh, look at that. They took Bengal out because they're not purebred Bengals. A spokesperson for the two did not return calls for comment about their breeding program. A statement from the Mirage Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, which houses many of the Siegfried and Roy's white tigers in an attraction called the Secret Garden, did not directly address the possibility that the program may have bred deformed cubs. It did say that breeding is done responsibly under strict genetic management. The Mirage did not respond to Newsweek's request for more information. And that says it all. I hope that you're enjoying these diary readings. They are a part of my personal life, but it also shows the immense battle that we have been through to protect big cats. How for decades we have been trying with everything that we had and putting ourselves in great peril to do it, to alert the public to all of the abuses that were going on and how they were being duped and how this was actually causing the extinction of the tiger. So if you are finding this helpful or informative, please share this, like it, and let others know that they should never, never pay to see white cubs. Never, ever pay to pet a cub of any kind of wild animal. Thank you.